Working with a true expert is an experience unlike any other, knowing they have the knowledge, experience, adaptability, and judgment to serve you and those you love is something special. As a trusted guide through the most important times in my clients' lives, I have realized that these experts are all around us and I want to know more. I'm Brandon Ayers and I've searched near and far for the people I consider to be experts in their field, interest, or hobby. As it turns out, they're just like us. I've invited one of them here today to join me as we take a deep dive into what places them among the true, everyday experts. Welcome to Everyday Experts with Brandon Ayers. I am Brandon Ayers, uh, owner of Legacy and Life Law Firm, and I'm really excited for today's episode. I have a, a lifelong friend here, Jess Pearson. Uh, she's a teacher of the deaf, but she's also an advocate for uh, pregnancy and postpartum psychosis, uh, and that's what we're going to kind of talk about here today. But thank you so much, Jess, for being here. Oh my gosh, thank you for having me. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> I'm really excited for it. So I always like to start with a, what I call God a second. So I just kind of kind of knock on the door and just chat about something. And we've known each other for a long time. So we, I know our mutual interests and where we really became really good friends within theater. So a question for you today is if you had to work kind of any job or role on any show, like to, what would you do? If you, what would you want to do? If I were to be in a show like today, I yeah. would absolutely love it. Um, I feel like I would love the show Hamilton. Okay. <laughs> and I would love to be Eliza. Oh, you would. I would. Actually, we saw that together. Yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you, you and took I me. Love that show. Yeah. Yeah. I just I like it. Strong women, and you think you're gonna go and learn so much about Hamilton, but really, the show is actually kind of about her. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. But a lot, so Eliza would be the one. Mm -hmm. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. That's that's really interesting. Maybe I thought you'd be like Aaron Burr. Oh, Aaron. Do you want to be Aaron Burr? No. I'd be the best Aaron Burr, you'd right? Be, you'd, so good. you'd be so good. All that. Uh, you're always a go-getter, just pushing people out of the way to get whatever you want. I just want to be in the room where it happens. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. So you know, I want to you know talk and you know obviously. Uh, Knowing what you've been through with postpartum psychosis and all that, one thing I just want to say, kind of off the bat, is you know how proud I am of you. You know, it's a, it you know going to a dark place is one thing, and, and making it back out of it is a completely another thing, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I'm like I say, I'm really proud of you for for getting to such a positive place, and you've always had a positive mindset, but that's that's a different thing than just a bad day, right? That's a totally different hall to get back to a good place with it and you know as a friend I, honestly I feel like I should have been there to do more but at the same time it's kind of it's a tough thing because you don't know about it you know just and I know I've heard you talk before about you know everybody after birth of a child is always like oh how's the baby how's the baby and 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 you certainly know how to how's the mom how's she doing <laughs> you know all that kind of stuff um so I guess we can start there you know uh, you know because this could have gone a lot of different ways for you, right? Yeah. A lot of where well, we're not sitting here today in a lot of different respects, right? Um, so how do you, what do you have to say, you know, about, you know, people, you know, that are struggling with really almost any kind of mental health, but postpartum psychosis and that, that stuff, you know, to get over the hiding it and, and all this head trash that comes into mm -hmm. that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, thank you for like talking about, for having me here and for like allowing me to talk about, um, yeah. postpartum psychosis because like people don't talk about it yeah. and that is like the biggest 
reason why there's so many tragedies. Yeah. Um, and like it's it's so stig- uh, stigmatized. Yeah. Um, and like I just want to break that. I want to like stop like rewrite that narrative because you know everybody says we. Um, mothers who are affected or people who are affected by postpartum psychosis are like terrible mothers. Mm-hmm. We never wanted to be mothers. Um, yeah. and it's like, it's the exact opposite. Like most people I know who have, um, well, all the people I know who have experienced post, um, postpartum psychosis are amazing parents and love their children so much um and are protective of their children it's it it can happen to any person so one thing i want to say is it's not rare you see oftentimes in like the medical professional medical field um that is it's so rare and i hate that so much yeah because people are like oh it's rare it's not going to happen to me you know it won't happen to me um and and that like need that wording needs to change because it's not rare um it can affect any person and there are things that can make it um more risky yeah. for people to have which i can talk more in depth about yeah. but um yeah people need to check in with the parents after having a baby i am like obsessed <laughs> yeah. like, to the point where like how are you doing how yeah. are you doing um, yeah, because people hide it. They don't want to be associated with an illness where they become psychotic. Right. Well, even think like just practically, you know, the, the, uh, newborn pictures, right. You know, you, you know how you're feeling, but you put on the makeup and the cute outfit and all that mm-hmm. stuff and you smile. It's kind of like the extension of that kind of attitude when you're putting yourself out there, even for friends and family that you want to appear that everything's fine. Cause that's how it's, it's supposed to be the best you know, and it's and and to admit anything else is, you know, threatening like validity of being a parent. Yes, in a lot of ways. Hundred percent. Like um, social media makes mm-hmm. makes it so much worse. Um, yeah. I remember my first Mother's Day. I was probably like a month, a little bit past okay. like a month um, into becoming a mom, and I was in bed. I had like hot flashes. Um, I was, I just like couldn't eat. I remember my husband, Jim, you know, uh, he like made this best breakfast and it was, I should have been so happy. Right. But it wasn't, it wasn't me not being happy because I was a new mom. It was just, I was affected by what I, what I was diagnosed as postpartum depression but I wasn't it. And right. I just like, I could not for a long time just get out of bed. But on Facebook, yeah. on Facebook, I'm like, you know, posing yeah. with my baby and it's yeah. the, you know, I make, ha- I put the happy in Mother's Day yeah, with like the yeah. babe she had. Yeah. And like nobody would have known. Um, to the point where even my closest friends, like I didn't tell you all, I mm-hmm. didn't tell my high school friends. Um, even Jim, like his family, I like, begged him not to tell his family what was happening with me because it was so like I was so embarrassed yeah I thought people wouldn't think I was a good mom that I Mm -hmm. um you know my sister-in-law was pregnant at the same time and like 
supposed to have her baby very soon after. Yeah. I was just embarrassed. I thought people would compare us, and I didn't want to scare her, too. It was just so much. Yeah. So much. But so, yes. so is the cure for that just, I mean, you could say awareness, but just like being, because like you mentioned, you know, it not being rare, right? right? So if you start a conversation even at that point, and then people can understand that, hey, this is happening and it's normal, and it's more, it's more of like, reporting your car stolen it's not you know it's something that happens it's not fun but it's not like a it doesn't define who you are it's not like a like a self-judgment type of thing either yeah definitely i mean doing it like talk talking about it only when tragedies happen too it's just like the worst thing possible because then you're associating it with tragedies and that causes people to not want to reach out like like reach out for help because Yep. It's so associated to, oh, you want to kill your kid. That's what people think. Like, yep. I hear people say, look, oh, I, you know, I, I'm i not like that. I don't want to kill my kid or anything. And, yep. like, I, I hate that because no person, no person who is affected by postpartum um, psychosis wants to kill their kid. Like, that... Yep. that even though I had, um, I had command... Um, hallucinations. Yeah. I never, I never wanted to hurt my child, and yeah. and I know that it's the same for for others. So that the media only talking about it when there's tragedies or um, that parents want to do these things. Mm-hmm. We're being like it is a outside force that you can't you can't control. Right. I don't know. It's. And yeah. it's not always like that either. Right. Can show up in different ways. Yeah. Um, I have a question for you yeah. on, on the hallucination side of things. With, you know, being hard of hearing, I'm sure, that, I don't know if there's been research on it, but it had to have been extra scary because having those things come by so clearly. Mm-hmm. Right. Is that, was that, is that true? Is that, was yeah. that like extra, like for, for the hard of hearing and deaf community? Yeah. When there's that kind of auditory hallucination, I'm sure that has to really throw you because... It's it's unlike anything you really probably hear. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, a lot of people are interested, like curious, like how did you hear voices? Yeah, you know? yeah, <laughs> yeah. Even with my hearing aid off, which for for the longest time, like right after yeah. my daughter was born, I refused to take my hearing aid off because I am completely I'm completely deaf without them on. Or yeah, yeah, yeah without them on. Um, so I was afraid that I wouldn't like. I wouldn't hear her, which I would not have anyway. Right. <laughs> um, but even eventually, like, it took a long time for them to convince me that it would be okay to take off my hearing aid. But when I took my hearing aid off, even, um, I heard voices. Um, like, my, my breast pump would talk with me. It was, it it felt like I, I, and not that I even felt like it it actually happened. Yeah. People are like, oh, yeah. no, it actually happened. There was someone talking to me yeah. uh, in kind of like a deep kind of demon, demon yeah. voice um, telling like telling me what to do, right. telling me that I should end like end my life yeah. and that I was yeah. better off without or my family was better off without me. Right. So but I'm sure. But and then coming, that's like the first time ever that you've heard those voice like with yeah. heard any kind of voice with your hearing aid out that has to be like super jarring and just throw you off completely yeah uh when that happens yeah i mean, I mean absolutely 
But is it, does it, did it make it feel like it was harder to overcome or was it just, I don't, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Cause if so, cause the analogy I would go through, we've joked about this in the past is, <laughs> you know, if you get sick of gym, right. You can just take your hearing off <laughs> yeah. and, and close and not, not what. Like, yeah. 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 <laughs> but that you couldn't escape. No. You couldn't do that. Yeah, exactly. That's why it was so scary because it wasn't like, oh, I'm just like imagining this or, oh, like mishearing it. I could not get get away from it. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. It was it was so scary. Um, but what was also scary, like as a deaf woman being in the hospital because I was hospitalized oh. for twelve days. Yeah. Um, they only this is access for deaf you know women yeah. or deaf people. The phone call hours, like, you, it was only phone call. And, like, lucky for me, I can hear a little bit on the phone. Yeah. Um, but deaf people who don't have that ability to hear some voice, they don't have that. Right. Um, or, like, they made, they made me take my hearing aid off because they were afraid I would swallow the battery. Right. Um, and my roommate didn't want to be my roommate. She was scared. She was schizophrenic. And mm. she, like... Refused. She did not want to be my roommate because she thought someone would kill me in the middle of the night because I couldn't hear. And oh. She didn't want to be blamed for that. Oh. So, it, wow. Ugh, it was. Well, that that kind of brings up a good point too. You know, because there's there's a lot of areas where there's um, even with the proper diagnosis, the proper care doesn't follow. And I think that's double. You just touched on it. It's doubly true when you you know have a hearing aid. You know, or mm-hmm. other, you know, when you're when you're not just in a one group that you're in two that can fail both on the phone side, which obviously doesn't help your mental health being completely isolated, right? Right. And 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 then also have the psychosis side of things. Mm. Um, so can we talk about like you know, access to care and what the world looks like for for women with yeah. you know, going through this? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's so many things I could talk about with this, um, but probably. I mean, aside from hearing voices and seeing things yeah. that weren't there and having these command um, hallucinations that I had um, access, I, I like I, I hated it was so traumatic that I had to be um, not with my daughter. Yeah, that having to be on a like a psych hospital um, and not understanding why, and I just gave birth, and my daughter is gone. I thought she was dead. I thought I was dead. Um, it like that didn't it. I, I, I don't know. It was just weird to be on a like a floor where people had different mental health issues, but it was nothing related to being a new mother. Right. It's almost like you f- forgot you just gave birth. Yeah. So. One thing I absolutely feel like we need to have in the U.S. is mother-baby or parent-baby um, units. Okay. Um, because here in the U.S., we don't we don't have that where the baby can stay with you in the hospital, like, overnight. Yeah. Um, I know in the U.K. they have that. The baby can okay. stay. Um, someone you love can stay at the hospital. So you feel like, okay, I have purpose. You know why you're here, what you're doing, you need to get better. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas I think there's only three hospitals in the U.S. Uh, where it's not a mother-baby unit where um, you the, the baby can stay overnight. 
for insurance reasons. Mm. Um, they don't allow that. That's like specifically a U.S. thing that we need to get past. We need to overcome that. Um, but they just started a hospital where like the the baby and the parent or caretaker can come and visit and then leave and come and visit and then leave. But my situation, they did not have that. Right. I could not be with my baby because they said it's not safe. Right. Yeah. So they, they have the, obviously the safety of the baby and insurance and all that stuff they want to take care of. But what is it like in the UK for what is, and this is, I assume, the, the mother-baby units like applied not just to postpartum psychosis, but all sorts of, you know, things that can occur where the mother and baby might be separated because of a healthcare mm. issue. Mm. Uh, I assume that's probably true. There's probably other things. Mm. But what is, what does it look like? like? What is like a mother? It, okay, you can stay, but in this situation where there is, you know, this postpartum psychosis, you know, they would have. I assume, do they have like? like the other partners supervising or mm-hmm. some of medical professionals supervising or yeah. what does it look like practically? What does it look like? I feel like it would it, it, in a dream world yeah. like here in the U S if somebody you loved that you yep. trusted and, th- and that is a little bit hard because when you're in psychosis, you don't trust anybody. as much yeah, yeah. like as like Jim is the love of my life, you know, but right. I did not trust him. I thought he was the devil. So that, that is a little bit hard. Um, but I got a solution for that already. Don't worry. Go, keep going. I'll tell you what it is. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, somebody that you love to take, yeah. and then having your baby be able to come and stay with you um, would be incredible. And obviously, there'd have to be someone who would monitor, yeah. um, just for safety reasons. Um, but but really, why why can't the the partner? You just be there to help and take care of the baby. Yeah, especially if they do some sort of screening or something. Right. You have to make sure they're in the right spot too. Right. Um, right. Because I'm sure, and from a medical side, it has to improve the outcomes. Right. You know, your mental health has to get better when you're not isolated from your baby. Mm-hmm. And there has to be a way to keep them safe and all that, all that kind of stuff. Right. So you'd have to think that would improve it. The solution, by the way, so doing what I do, the power of attorney where you name people to make health care choices for mm-hmm. you. For example, if you're in a place where you can't make it for yourself, part of the pre-birth, you know, um, preparation and orders could be if something happens where I have postpartum psychosis, here's who I'd want to be able to stay with me so that your trusting mind has made that choice already. Mm-hmm. And then they can deal with uh, whatever psychosis issues are. I mean, it'd just be a simple yeah. form to be in that just doesn't exist. That's perfect. So Brandon, go. I told you. <laughs> Why aren't you doing this yeah, work? Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'll get to it tomorrow. <laughs> okay. Okay. Get on it. Yeah. No, but, <laughs> but something like that, but, but that would, cause you taught, you made, cause you touched on probably what the biggest stumbling block my cynical brain would go to is the insurance side. Right. You know, that's just the way the health systems work. So if you could make the insurers feel comfortable not having the liability mm-hmm. of a tragedy or even just right. practical things, a baby being malnourished because they're in the hospital and the mother can't feed it or whatever it is, mm-hmm. all the issues that could come up. Mm-hmm. Um, and with the, you know, by them, by the mother and other parent taking, making that choice while, the sun was shining, everybody's healthy, that to me would take the liability off of the insurance. Mm-hmm. And so it opened, I think, all these doors to... Absolutely. To There's so many ways that yeah. we could work around it. I mean, yeah. parents or the caretaker can sign things. It, can, right. like, there's, it makes me so mad because they put so much focus on like breastfeeding and yep. you know, breastfeeding is best. And um, yeah. they give out these free pumps, which this is wonderful. Like, I think that's wonderful. But if people are so focused on like the bonding of baby and parent 
and how um, or you know human milk is so yeah. important, um, then why would you feel it would be okay to separate yeah. a parent for bonding reasons, or at least I, not at least take out all the obstacles that you can take. Right. Yeah. You know, not to have a simple insurance liability. Mm-hmm. If these, yeah, like if these effects of all this stuff is so great for the mother and the child, yeah. then why wouldn't you do everything you can mm-hmm. to put put people in that situation, right. especially when they're hurting? Yeah. yeah. Antipsychotic medicines too, like you can still breastfeed, um, breastfeed a lot with. Yeah. Well, that, that, that kind of brings up another topic is like, because I, I know we've talked about this before is. Sometimes medical professionals aren't even up to speed on, you know, that was one of the issues, right? Was oh, yeah. with, is whether the antipsychotics mm-hmm. that you have to take for the postpartum psychosis are safe enough for, for breastfeeding. Mm-hmm. And there's kind of, like anything else, there's new and evolving medication and, and research to show things, but mm-hmm. that doesn't trickle down to the, the floor staff, you know, the people that are working the real crisis, trying to keep people safe, what you get. But, um, you know, can you talk a little about that, like yeah. how to, ed- the medical professional side, how to get them better educated? Absolutely. It, you know, you, you mentioned, like, the, the medical staff mm-hmm. and how they need training. and Absolutely. Like, they, they need training um, and not just, like, oh, postpartum depression. Everybody knows about postpartum depression, mm-hmm. you know, kind of, not yeah, really. Yeah. But, um, but, like, psychosis also. But not just staff. Think about it. Police officers are often first responders. They know nothing. Yeah. Often they don't yeah. know anything about that. Um, so they think when people are making tragedies, oh, you know, or not making, when people are, yeah. when tragedies are happening, police officers aren't realizing, oh, maybe this mother had postpartum psychosis. They don't think yeah. like that. Um, so there needs to be training for medical staff there needs to be training for police officers for um social workers i'm sure yeah social workers and like anyone you could think of um that would be you know coming and frankly the legal world like i mentioned legal and liability needs to catch Mm -hmm. up to it too which is always slow um but you know when you get to like mental health in general and psychosis especially when tragedies happen is pretty cynically viewed, right? Yeah. It's seen as yeah. an excuse uh, that they make up when so they get together with their lawyers, mm-hmm. you know. But but if you had better understanding throughout this whole thing, then you can have even the public, even a jury, for example, would be in a better spot to be. And frankly, decipher between legitimate and illegitimate claims of things. You know, be able to say, oh yeah, this is the standard. This is you can see they checked off all the boxes on this journey to serious postpartum psychosis, yeah. um, or not. And now they're just using it as a crutch. Absolutely. You know. And 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 the the check boxes thing that yep. you know you were talking about, the DSM five, and I know a lot of people focus on the DSM five, um, where people diagnose, oh, they look in the little manual mm-hmm. and they say, Oh, this must what must be what they have. But really in the DSM five, I think it only says postpartum depression and under it says sometimes, you know, with psychotic features but there's no actual specific in the right place um mention of postpartum psychosis and if it um if anything is like related to that it'll say within the first you know three three months or something i'm not sure specifically but um it's not it can be within a year it could be there's so many things um that I think a lot of people in general, but also lawyers, mm-hmm. medical um, professionals, they don't understand. This is not like a 
black and white checkbox thing if it's so yeah uh, we need to change the dsm5 and include really specific but also information that can it changes based on yeah based on the situation well i, I want to ask you something about that because before you know you you were my experience with this right yeah so before that i would have assumed that postpartum psychosis was like a very severe postpartum depression. Mm. And I have to imagine that's, I wouldn't be alone in that. But it, my understanding now is that it's, it's two completely different, because uh, and that you mentioned, alluded to earlier with a, a medication for one is is contradictory in some cases for the other mm-hmm. and can worsen, um, you know. So let's chat about that a little bit, you know, yeah. getting people to understand why it's so different than just a really bad or advanced severe depression. Yeah. Yeah, it's not... It's not, oh, we're really sad and depressed. Mm-hmm. And it can be a lot of different things. It can it can look like a lot of different things. You know, so, sometimes um, it's uh, like unipolar, okay. where someone is only only depressed, or sometimes it's only mania where yeah. you're seeing, okay. um, or it's bipolar, which you yeah. know you're you're depressed, but then you're also up. Um, Though, like that's that's different ways you can see it, but also the difference really is um, between like anxiety, OCD, um, depression, all of that. That um, is, I, you see things that are not there, or you're hearing yeah. things that are not there, or you may have um, paranoia or delusions. Yeah. Um, and oftentimes, if somebody is off, right, then you'll know. You'll be like, oh, they're. They're talking about things they usually don't right. tend to talk about. There's not like a, oh, this is the red flag. Right. It could be something very simple. Like, I love man chocolate chip ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> and my husband tried to get that for me, and I said, no, I don't want it. And he was like, what? This yeah. is not, this is not, not my wife. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it's not always as simple as that. No. But, but if you know, but again, it's kind of building the awareness. If... If that's one isolated thing, that's like a silly story about a post-pregnancy. I stopped liking mint chocolate chip ice cream for a while. Mm-hmm. But if it's the, it could very easily be the straw that that he's like, okay, I've seen, I've seen the mania, I've seen that she's not sleeping, mm-hmm. you know, I've I've heard her complain about whatever it is, and now the mint chocolate, now all of a sudden that mint chocolate chip ice cream is like the canary in the coal mine. It's like, mm-hmm. all right, now we got to serious because this is, it's like a. As silly as it is, it's a core thing. Like yeah. I've known her for twenty years, and she's never denied me. She, you know, so yeah. that 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 can be, and that it's a good example, I think, of a lot of kinds of mental health issues. Is if you take them seriously, things that otherwise might be silly, you can spot and be like, okay, we gotta let's pause, let's pump the brakes here a little bit, and let's check in. Let's just let's stop because, I mean, that could be, I mean, as silly as it sounds, but if that's the difference between somebody taking their own life or not. I mean, it really yes. could be that. Totally. I mean, so let's yeah. let's treat it with that kind of weight, right? Mm-hmm. You know. Um, I want to like kind of add yeah, something yeah, to cool. of course. Um, screening, like testing. Yeah. I know they have screening for postpartum dep- uh, depression. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's interesting how they do that. First, they don't they don't um, test par- partners or okay. partners, uh, which is that's that's interesting to me because one in ten dads can get postpartum depression. It's not okay. to focus on that, but, yeah. um, so why aren't we doing that? Right. Um, and also postpartum psychosis can show up, not just at like that two week, yeah. you know, post 
postpartum visit. Um, we need to be checking out, checking in within um, the part that the family regularly, because uh, postpartum psychosis can be initiated by many different things, by birth and sometimes from right. uh, weaning off from breastfeeding, so many different things. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a good point. Cause, and that again is because that's a really practical avoidable thing. Because when you go into like the two week checkup, for example, right? Mm-hmm. That's going to be one of the questions they ask about. But after the two week checkup, it's going to fall off because that's the DSM 5, you know, that's what they mm-hmm. say. That's what insurance reimburses for. You yes. know, all these things are stacking up. So the medical professional, even the best, most well intentioned ones, are going to have no chance to be screening or looking out for those things mm-hmm. eight months down the road, the six month checkup, the one year checkup. Yeah. Because it's just not it's not on their checklist, and it's not something if they spot that insurance is going to reimburse for. You know, it's just it's a it's a it's all the incentives are pointing in the wrong direction. You yeah. know, when, when you unless you like actually build awareness and make people aware of what this um, disease is. Yeah, and and what about access to care? Like, what if um, you know some someone only takes the train, and their doctor is at you know specific time that's open, or mm-hmm. they can't go, and then they don't even get the check in, or um, people can't afford it, or they're on Medicaid, mm-hmm. um, and then there's no like a lot of psychiatrists don't even. Um, like except accept Medicaid. Medicaid, so yep. they're just like this whole this whole. Oh, and that gets so range. that gets another thing, you know, where like some other areas, you know, mental health is seen as like a luxury. So that's why insurance doesn't cover it because yeah. you can pay out of pocket. Mm-hmm. So now you got the, the socioeconomic factors involved yes. as well. And race too, yeah. because I know so many women who they, they try to get help um, and they're denied. Like they, they are like, I am not feeling right. I am seeing yeah. things. I am feeling suicidal, but um, doctors reject them. Yeah. Um, and it's, that needs to change. Yep. Yeah. 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 And there's just no nothing to do but to start changing it. Like that's mm-hmm. that's a big one. And yeah. luxury is actually being able to go get help and go yeah. to the hospital for yeah. some for some people. It's like and be listened to. You know, yeah. that's that's true. Yeah. Um. So you know, if we talked about a lot, you know, what are some some red flags here? You know, if people are going through this as they're approaching welcoming, you know, wonderful child in the world, mm-hmm. you know, uh, what are some things spouses or people themselves can look for mm-hmm. when the, when they, um, you know, as, as things progress so they can spot it early and get treatment. Yeah. To clarify, it can happen to like any yes, person. Yes, yeah, yeah, of course, yeah, yeah. But uh, some risks, like risk factors okay. that to look for is if a person has a mental health history, um, history you know, um, I am bipolar and uh, did not know that until after my second baby, which is a whole other thing, like... Why would people not ask those questions? Um, But I also have people in my family who are bipolar. I've had people in my family that have um, completed, uh, not completed, that have uh, completed suicide. They they, um, died by suicide. Um, I have... I don't have a lot of trauma in my life, but that if if there is um, any, sorry if I'm saying um a lot, it's no, just it's trying okay. to get the same time. Yeah. <laughs> if there are people who have experienced trauma mm-hmm. as a young kid, even as an adult, abuse, sexual abuse, a lot of things can affect that um, pressure, uh, not you know, stressors Stress. yep. of 
just maybe there's not a good relationship, not a lot of support, mm-hmm. money. Maybe the, maybe the pregnancy was a shock. Maybe there's yeah. a divorce. I mean, like, there's so many things that can affect it. Um, but even people like I was in a good relationship, am in a good relationship, yeah. had, like, wonderful support, and still got postpartum psychosis. And for red flags for me... In the beginning, it did not look like psychosis. It was, it could have. Like, I, I did have a lot of mania, but people wouldn't really maybe say that it was mania. I was up, I mean, yeah. remember you came visiting yeah. me. Yeah. And um, when Lila was born, I was just gave birth, but I was up, like, taking pictures of the baby, like, mm-hmm. holding her. Like, people are usually pretty tired <laughs> after yeah. they give birth. I was not. Yeah. Um, my mom did notice, what? How do you have this energy? So, but but that's that's like oh okay yeah. just have a lot of energy. Yeah. Um, I was very anxious, so me not being able to take my hearing aid off that was kind of a maybe yeah. a red flag. Um, but I, it makes sense. It makes sense. Like yeah. oh she's deaf, she might not. So, yeah. so there's a lot of things that okay you reason with. Yeah. Um, but other red flags i was crying a lot like the third day i came home and i know people say oh that's a baby blue like the baby yeah, blues, blues. Yeah. um but it it did never end it like it continued that's why people thought oh maybe she has postpartum depression they gave me that diagnosis mm. But then my my breast pump would talk and say yeah. voices and then i would wake up and thought i thought oh my god i I accidentally um, suffocated my daughter because I fell asleep and I rolled on her. I, I thought all these things really happened or I'd wake up. And then I say wake up because I really, I never really slept. Yeah. Um, I would maybe like doze off for maybe 30 minutes or mm-hmm. an hour. But I would wake up and look in the pack and play and she was not there. She was not there, my daughter. And... Jim, I would be like, she's not there, she's not there. And he would obviously be very like yeah. upset because he also needed sleep, but he would look and say, she's right there. So things like that where I would obsess about her and her health. And some people would say, oh, that's postpartum anxiety. Mm-hmm. But it would it eventually change because I wasn't sleeping. Yeah. That is a huge thing. It's hard to catch because... New parents yeah, don't you're supposed sleep. To, it's like a merit badge. Yeah. Like, if you sleep too much, you're a bad parent. So right. you're not sleeping. Oh, you're doing great. Oh, right. Yeah, you're up. Yeah. You care so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I hate that. Yeah. I, I probably even say that myself, like, oh, enjoy your sleep now. Yeah. You know, but truly, uh, if I could give advice to people, please try to sleep while the baby is sleeping. The, the, the house can wait. And the cleaning the house can wait. All of those things can yeah. wait. Like, if you can sleep protect it because yeah. that really spiraled me into yeah especially as the other home hormones are all clearing out it could be the difference between mm-hmm. you know something mm-hmm. something much worse yeah. yeah yeah so not sleeping is a, a big thing yeah. um there's there's uh paranoia too uh-huh. i remember thinking people were watching me through the window okay uh and i was like jim we have to close the windows and i I was going around. He's like, "What? What's wrong?" I was like, I, "They're they're watching me breastfeed. I I am uncomfortable." And there'd be nobody there. Yeah. But for me, they were there. They oh, were right there. Okay. And there'd be like secret messages happening, talking to me on the TV. Oh, okay. Or people, yep. 
in doorways, like with a knife, like very specific things. Yeah. Um, the hardest thing for me of all that was these, um, these like command hallucination thoughts yeah. that would happen, telling me to do very, very specific things to my daughter mm-hmm. that were not nice, um, and to myself. And I never wanted those things. So they did scare me. I was very, very scared of it. But I couldn't not think about that. Or right. um, I felt like I almost felt like someone was doing it for me, These doing things for me. Like I was kind right. of like a like a puppet. Um, so I really I'm very, very lucky because I. I remember calling the suicide hotline. I remember at like begging for help. Um, and they like brought me back and said, no, you'll be fine. You'll start an anxiety OCD program on Monday. Yeah. And it, I was, I was having these awful thoughts about my daughter and hurting my daughter that I didn't want. But I felt like if I did not get help, it, it what I was thinking would happen. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's that's tough, and it's to be yeah. put behind like business hours when the weekend's over. We'll we'll get you some help. Yeah, that's yeah, pretty like, cold, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, you're just having anxiety and OCD. What? Yeah. No, this is not OC- OCD yeah. and anxiety. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, like I say, I'm I'm really proud of you because mm. it's uh, one thing just to get through it and move on. It's another to really, frankly, have to confront it. You know, in situations like this, and and be so open and honest about it to help try and help other people is really admirable, and yeah, and I appreciate that. You do for that, so the best thing you can yeah. do is talk about it. Yeah, mm-hmm. well, great. Um, well, so I always end all these podcasts <laughs> with uh, the same four questions I like to ask everybody. So, um, so we're going to transition to that. Um, so the first question in the four pack here is uh, your favorite book to recommend to a friend. So <laughs> this is hard. I think. One of my favorite books, but I read it a long time ago, so it's kind of hard. Was uh, one was um, Time Traveler's Wife. Okay, I loved it. I don't know why. I just I loved being in this world that was just time travel. I yeah. don't know. It was very cool. Um, however, if I were to go to a go-to, even still, I had. I would. I would say Harry Potter. Okay, Harry Potter. <laughs> Harry yeah, Potter. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, it's it's wonderful. Um, yeah, it, okay. it's good for kids. It's good for adults. It just—I love it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, no, it's a—it's a good story. I remember, obviously, we, that's when we were kind of growing up. Was, yeah, and, and, yeah, uh, I know. I think we to, read the last books together. Yeah, together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So even those memories are, are warm with that. Um, what did you say? You mumbled. What did you oh, say? I said even even those memories are are warm. Mm-hmm. You know, for even just because it's like for us, it's like yeah, like oh, uh, yeah, Harry Potter, yeah, and just that time of life. Yeah, yeah. Luna Lovegood, she is just yeah, my she's, yeah, yeah, she is. She's yeah. my person. I love her so much. <laughs> well, and I've talked about you know one of my biggest analogies when I talk with people about my life is you know, you know when you can see the horses right after something after you go through something really di- difficult, mm-hmm. you know, a little bit of the magic is gone, and that's a really spot on analogy. I think the Absolutely. world just looks a little different. Mm-hmm. You, can, you can see the horses pulling the pulling the Pulling the carriage, True. I think that's that a very wise mm-hmm. way you to put You see life differently. Yeah, you have purpose. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, next question: you know, What's your go-to stand at the farmers market? Okay, this is an easy one. I love um, kettle corn. Okay, yeah, I love I know it. That. It's sweet. It's salty. It's amazing, and I love it like when it's fresh, hot. 
I love that. What was that back when we were kids? There was the, it wasn't a Renaissance fair, but it was something old timey where they made the kettle corn like over the fighter in the kettle. It was like, a, yeah, like at the state park or something like that. It was like they had like little tents out, and they would do the kettle corn there. Uh, so fiesta, when, fiesta days. No, it wasn't. Like, it wasn't no, one like no. that. It was. It was like something we go like on field trips to to like oh, yeah. Glacier Park or something like that. Oh, and they'd have like yeah. tents out. Yeah. And it was all people dressed up old timey. Mm-hmm. And they always had really good kettle corn there because yes. they just make it like in like a cast iron pot. It is the best champ snack. Right. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> okay, so then if you had to start over and start your own your own thing today, just do something completely different. What would you do? I would if I could like go back in time and completely change. I got to take two things. I have to okay. tell you two things okay. because is cheat. that okay? That's, Am I uh, you do whatever you want at this point. It's there. You're gonna right. do it. I I have to. I have okay. to do. I'm gonna give you two. Um, well, I love theater so much. You okay. know that. You, yeah. 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 Um, so I would love to interpret for shows. Yeah. I would be obviously like a terrible interpreter because I'm deaf myself. So I can't like interpret shows because I need an interpreter. But my thought, my theory here, I could like team tag with a hearing person. Okay. They could be an interpreter too when I'm be a certified deaf interpreter. I'd memorize the lines because I can be, you know, an actress. Yeah. And then I could go back and forth and, and do whatever Broadway show I desired. I could be okay. Eliza. I could be in hair. I could be, I could be, I could do so much. I would yeah. love that so much. Okay. My other th- Other one. Yeah, second one. <laughs> I'm the sorry. Bonus. That's okay. <laughs> I would love to do, um, oh, what is that? If you, uh, what is that? Oh, a park ranger. Oh, okay. I love nature. I love hiking. Just nature is just like my, my my favorite. Yeah. But but I'm very scared of bears, and okay. snakes and things well, like that. So I might that, not be very good at that. Well, I think that would make you fine. That I don't think that would be a disqualifier. No. Yeah. You're not supposed to be around bears and snakes. Yeah. So you'd be very good at getting people away from bears and snakes. Yeah. Like right. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But I feel like I would not protect the people. I would just run. Oh. I would just run. Okay. I, I should. Well, I feel just, like though my just inf- runs with your arms outstretched, and then you'll just catch the people like <laughs> yeah. a, like that as you're as you're running. Yeah, exactly. Also, yeah. I'm deaf, so I don't know if I oh, would yeah. like really. Well, bear, well, to be honest, the predators are quiet anyway. You're, you're never gonna hear them. They're gonna sneak up on you. So that's not a that's yeah not a negative thing true. too. So so I think you're that's fine. True. I think yeah. you got it. I think you got it. What if I like didn't have those two answers and okay. I I like kind of combine them and i would like do shakespeare in the, in the park, park interpreting as as, but there's no bears or snakes with yeah, nature cause, cause the bears and snakes aren't in the park because those yeah. are yeah like, i could do it yeah there you are that's I what i would do it. okay um <laughs> then the last question here you know so you're at the pearly gates or whatever and they say hey jess you have you can go and just sit and watch any five minutes anything five minutes you sit and watch can't interact can't do anything like that and what five minutes are you watching? You know, this was kind of hard, but my, my first instinct yep. is to watch my, like, both my babies be born. I think that's that makes a lot of sense. From, yeah, yeah, I just, I feel like I missed a lot of that experience because, you know, you're giving birth, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it would be cool to see myself be really super strong, to see Jim's reaction, to see her and him, like, be born and... Oh, I, I want to see that without being, you know. In labor. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that would be amazing. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, that's, I think that's a very good answer. That's a very good answer. But, thank you. but, but thank you so much, Jess, for coming oh. in and talking and taking the time to do that. I really appreciate it. It's been, thank, thank you. you for being my friend too. It's what, so we, let's do the math on it real quick. Uh, so it was sixth grade. So that would be, I thought it was fourth grade. No, I will. We might have crossed paths and I moved in fourth grade, but, I don't, but it was banned when yeah. we started band mm-hmm. because the saxophones were right in front of the drums. True. So that's that's when you and Andy were right there, and I was right behind you guys. So I think that's when it first started. That's so that would be like 1996. Yeah. So that's a well, long time wait, ago. Didn't you go to like my family's church or like your family? Not right away. No, that was later on. Church. Oh, that was okay. later on. That was like okay. in high school. I started going. To oh, okay. Then we okay. went to a different one oh. uh, first. Um, but uh, yeah, much later. I yeah, see. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think it's I think it's called so late then, 90s. Bam. So let's call it 25 years, just to be round numbers. And that? we're soon going to be celebrating our 40th, 40th birthday. birthday. What? Yeah. You are. I'm not turning 40. You are. <laughs> oh, okay. okay. You're older. <laughs> yeah. <You're> older. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, all right. But thank you, Jess, so much. And, th- and such an important thing to get the word out on. I really appreciate your openness and all that. And um, you just want to appreciate you and, and mm. say thank you. Thank you yeah. for inviting me yeah. to come here. Thank you for doing your part, you know, by... Yeah. Talking about this too. Yeah, I appreciate yeah. you. And, and, and thank you guys for listening. Or uh, yeah, just getting up there in time. But thank you. Appreciate it. Have a wonderful day, everybody. Be kind to each other. See ya. Bye.